Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth at my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And How's it going? we sound, it's good. We sound so bad. Oh, guys, we, we sound nothing like ourselves. So I'm sorry if you like tuned in and you're like, wait, I thought I was listening to Crimes and Closets, but really <laughs> it doesn't sound like them. <laughs> the episode is not going to sound like this. It's only the intro, but like we have some kind of crazy funk and I feel like you guys probably know what we're talking about, especially if you have kids mm. or you like work not at home. There's some, something is going on mm -hmm. that isn't COVID and no one's talking about it. And I don't understand why no one is talking about it. It's ridiculous. Why isn't it I, on the news? Well, I feel like it might be in terms of RSV. <laughs> like yes, or the flu. Oh yeah. Our version of it. I don't know. Because when I came to you last week, I was surprising my parents as well. And at first I was concerned like, oh, I'm sick even though this is all, well, it sounded worse, but it was only my voice. And I went there and my mom's like, oh, your dad has the exact same thing. And I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? <laughs> so I was telling Christy today, my daughter had 15 people, 15 kids absent from her class today, sick, like her half her class. My son's football got canceled because there was too many kids sick. And they were like, there's no point in doing practice because everyone is sick. We have it. My entire house is hacking. It's insane. Also, and I'm just now thinking about this, but if you don't, if you're not on our Patreon and you don't follow us on social media, then you don't know that Christy surprised me for my birthday. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> we did a Patreon together, which came out on Friday. And I probably sound like an idiot because I was so stinking excited. I lost my mind. I tackled Christy. She surprised me in my closet as we were getting yeah. ready to record. We were planning to record and I'm, I go in and my husband is like, she's in there. She's getting ready to record. And Christy comes in and is like, hey, why don't we just record it live? And I lost it on her. I was so excited. She came mm -hmm. in for my birthday. We had such an amazing weekend. We did like a party on a party. Like we had yeah. a big party Friday night at my house for my birthday and like did a dinner. And then we had our big pig picket on Saturday and like a haunted trail and a big bonfire. And we were so exhausted and I still feel like I'm recovering. It was the best weekend ever. It was the best surprise. Her mom's birthday is a couple days before mine. And so she came in, she had been here for like days. Yeah. I had no idea. I'm texting her like how sad I am that she can't come in for my birthday and all this stuff. She's here. She was here the whole time. <laughs> I was, I was. I remember the the night you, um, I was at my sitting at my parents' house, and you said something about watching Handmaid's Tale, and I texted you back like, "Oh shoot, I forgot about it," and I totally should have watched it tonight since Emery was at some work function. <laughs> so being Lies. intentional about like what I was saying. Because so I'm really, I'm so hard to surprise. I really am. Like I am really annoying and I the always worst. try to, I'm the worst. And I always try <laughs> to figure out my surprise beforehand and I did not see it coming. I was so excited to see her. Anyway, it's cute. If you don't follow us on Instagram, there's a, a live video of it. So you should go yeah. do that. It's really fun. But anyway, she's my best friend. Best surprise ever. It was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> my sisters oh, came in. My brother, it was like a really good weekend. 
Like I it was. got it got really full. So anyway, it was awesome. There's that. Um, nice. Also, we talk about this sometimes at the end of our episodes, and I just want to say it at the beginning that we have gotten over the last month so many sweet messages from you guys on Instagram, like mm-hmm. comments and messages and sending us photos and like funny TikToks and reels. And it is the best thing ever to like get love from you guys in that way. We love it. I can't even mm-hmm. tell you how much we appreciate you. So please keep doing that because interacting with you is our favorite thing. I always say it at the end and some people don't make it all the way to the end. So I just wanted to say thank you for all the love and support and funny things that you send us. It is the, it's so much fun. Well, you know what is awesome about it too? I was just, just as you were talking about this, it's like they're sending it to us as if like a friend is sending it, Yes, you know? And so I think that's cool. Like we're super small podcast. I mean, way bigger than we ever thought we'd be because we thought you would literally be just our um, family and close friends listening to Mm us. Um, So we're bigger than we thought we'd be, but we're still very small. And so it's like, oh, you're sending us things. And I kind of hope like we don't ever get big enough because I feel like then we'd be like, oh my gosh, what if we get so many messages? But right now we're like, oh my gosh, our friend just sent us this. Oh yeah. That's our friend. Our podcast friend is sending us this or whatever. So it's like fun. Our closet sister. (laughs) Yeah. Closet sister. Sorry. What the hell's wrong with me? (laughs) Anyway. Anyways. So yeah, that was all. Yeah. So keep sending it. It's fun. I'm done. I'm done talking. What do you have? Go. What do you have for me? What's going on? I mean, I don't, I mean, do you want me to tell a story? We're like already so far in. Should I, should I hold that? Or should I, I just be no. like, if you don't want to listen to another story, skip Fast forward, forward three <laughs> minutes, go. <laughs> okay. Cause this is a good one though. Okay. So guys, I, my dishwasher broke last week and I decided to try and fix it. Did not work. <laughs> Ordered a new one. Yeah. Oh, but you I should tell them too. Um, Christy is like obsessed with her dishwasher. It's like her favorite appliance. She uses it every day. It's like a part of her daily routine to like load and unload her dishwasher. Like yes. it cracks me up. She's like, I am going to go unload my dishwasher while my coffee is being made or whatever. It's just like a part of her day. Do you know how many freaking cups my kids use in a day? <laughs> a day? Like it's ridiculous. So I have to use my dishwasher every day. I load it, turn it on when I go to bed, empty it in the morning, like done. Anyway, so it breaks really huge inconvenience for me. Try and fix it. Doesn't work. Order a new one on Home Depot. Order. And I also order the um, takeaway, like haul away my old one, deliver the new one, put the, and install the new one. I could probably have installed it, but I was like, no, I need someone to take this other one away. So I'm, I'm just going to pay for it all. Well, anyway, so I was like not hearing. I had no, no like warning of when they were going to come. So the day before I was like, when are they coming? They're not calling me. They haven't let me know. It's supposed to come tomorrow. So I call whatever, or no, I text the number. Hey, (laughs) I'm getting a dishwasher delivered tomorrow and I'm looking for the window, the delivery window, right? This is a term that people use, right? Yes. Delivery window. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So the lady's writing back and she's like, I probably actually still have it on my phone. I could probably look at it, but 
essentially is like, um, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing a window delivery <laughs> on your account. <laughs> and I was like, well, I just want to know like when they're coming. And he's, she's like, I can't see that on your account at all. Well, okay. The woman thought I was saying an actual window being delivered <laughs> to my house. <laughs> Which P.S. No one delivers windows. They come and install the windows. They bring them with them. Trust me. <laughs> Even Home Depot? I don't know about that, but... <laughs> well, anyway. She legitimately was saying, like, you don't have a window being delivered tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> I have a... So I'm, like, frustrated. I'm like, I know I don't have a window being delivered. I have a dishwasher coming, and I want to know the time frame in which it is coming. So, but I got frustrated at that point. And I called the 800 number because I'm like, okay, clearly like the texting is not coming across right. So I call the 800 number and I say the same thing. And I'm like, I have a dishwasher. Literally said the word dishwasher. I have a dishwasher being delivered tomorrow. I would like the delivery window. Um, I don't, I don't see a window being delivered. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like ridiculous frustration. I'm not getting a window delivery. I'm getting a dishwasher (laughs) delivered. As I mentioned, not a freaking window. I would like like to know the time frame in which you are coming. (laughs) So when you call Home Depot, don't ask for the delivery window. Ask for the time frame. <laughs> okay. But I talked to her today. She called me when I was in carpool today and like just sitting in carpool with cars, you know, directly beside me. And she's telling me this whole, sh- and I think I talked to you like right after maybe you got off the phone. So mm-hmm. your frustration like level was 10 and she's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, let me tell you. <laughs> and then they didn't install it. <laughs> And they freaking come and don't install it. <laughs> oh, the plumber has to come tomorrow and install it. Oh, well, is somebody going to give me a delivery window? I mean, time frame in which this is going to happen. <laughs> no, no, they don't. I had to call again and ask for the time frame. Which we had the plumber was coming. Totally adjust our recording schedule based on the window, not window delivery. <laughs> yes, we pushed it to Friday. And then Friday, now they're coming to install it. So now we had to do it Thursday night. So here we are, Thursday night, guys. Not our normal time of recording. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome for the extra seven minutes of story. Time. There you go. <laughs> yes. So, so anyway. okay. Let's get to this episode. We hope you guys are staying more less sick than we are. Right? Yes. More well. Please. More Please well. Be well. Weller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be weller than we are. Just be well. (laughs) Be well. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So I have a case coming for you. It's real interesting. Um, I would like to see how you guys react to this and what you think. So please message us. We love that. Like we just said, Um, it's our season four. And so this is episode one of our season four. Our seasons don't really mean anything. Sometimes we just want to run out of room in a season. And so we skip to the next season. It's typically towards the end of the year, Thanksgiving time. So it's the first episode of our season four, which is very exciting. We can't believe we're four seasons in. That's bananas. Thanks for your support. And if you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Deliver I got it you to me. <laughs> Let me give you a window.
This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay. This case is a listener suggestion from Lisa. Hmm. Okay. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Welcome in. Lisa is one of our friends to the north. She is from Canada. Oh, I was going to say, like, way north Canada? Yes. <laughs> or just, like, New York? <laughs> no, literally the north, in, the north country. Mm-hmm. She actually lives in the small town that this took place in. Oh, okay. This case is very similar to the Maura Murray case. Yeah. Spoiler. Yep. We covered that back in July. It is unsolved, and it may or may not be a murder. Also, may or may not. Whoa. Right. Okay. Like Maura. We don't know well, if she's right. murdered. Well, right. Yeah. Right. This person's last name is also Murray. What? Isn't that weird? Like, what are the Mur- odds? I feel like the Murrays need to watch out now. Murrays yeah, of the world. I know. Murrays go missing. This is the disappearance of Misty Murray. Oh, I don't think I've ever heard of that one. I had never heard of it, but it's a very well-known case in huh, Okay. Misty Ann Murray was born on October 28th, 1978. That's my birthday. I saw uh. your face. several years before but (laughs) yes i was hoping you would catch it because i was gonna be a little offended if you were just like whatever (laughs) this makes misty a scorpio like myself Mm -hmm. and she was born in nova scotia canada misty was actually given the birth name jean marie oldfield she was born to a single mother named darlene oldfield Darlene had struggled with substance abuse issues and just instability in her life. She was not in a situation where she could properly parent at the time. She did try and she would frequently have to leave Misty alone or with other people and finally realized that she just wasn't able to do it successfully. So in 1980, when Misty was two years old, Darlene placed her for adoption. Oh, wow. Misty went into foster care, and she had a lot of issues adjusting. And it took counselors almost three years before they could get her stable enough to be placed with a permanent family. Oh, wow. Right. Thankfully, a wonderful family did find Misty, and just before her fifth birthday, she was adopted by a couple named Steve and Annie Murray. Mm Mm-hmm. The couple lived in Goderich, Ontario, which is a small town of about 750 people located on the eastern shore right on Lake Huron. Goderich is said to be Canada's prettiest town. So, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know me and my geography. (laughs) Lake Huron. So then it's like southern part of Canada because isn't that like one of like the Finger Lakes? So does it connect? I'm not sure. 
up there. Okay. I didn't look at it on a map, but I did look right. at pictures of the town, and it does look very pretty. Right. Okay. 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 Steve owned a local pub by the lake and was a very successful businessman and prominent community member. Anne worked at an elementary school and specialized in children with learning disabilities. When Misty came into the family, they already had two sons. They were very financially stable. They had a boat. They had nice cars. They were just a nice, good, normal, well-off family. The Side Murray's note question. In- Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are those two um, sons biological? I do not know. Okay. I couldn't find that information anywhere. I actually couldn't even find their names. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. So I'm not sure. The Murrays immediately fell in love with Misty, but described her as a disturbed five-year-old. Mm. Misty had terrible nightmares. She would suffer from frequent sobbing fits that would last a long time, and she could not be consoled or calm down. She lost her hair. It was coming out in, like, clumps because she was just so anxious and stressed, and she would frequently ask what she did that made everyone get rid of her. Oh, poor baby. Yes. So it was very clear that she suffered from what they believe was attachment disorder. Mm-hmm. Do you know what attachment disorder is? Mm-hmm. Well, they used to call it RAD, right? Radical um, reactive attachment disorder. It used to be called RAD yes. when I was teaching. Yeah. Okay. So for those who do not know, this is a very broad term. It's intended to describe disorders of like mood and behavior and social relationships that are caused from not having normal like socialized care and attention from a very young age. Mm-hmm. So this is a result of like early experiences of neglect, abuse, separation, um, and it's normally before the child is like three, like just in those pivotal years when they need to build those bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can cause communication issues, behavioral problems, lack of trust. Some of the attachment disorder signs that Misty would show were that she had the very long-standing behavioral problem. She would act out. She had what it's a it's a propensity to form indiscriminate relationships. That's a psychological term, but what that means is that she would show the same affection to strangers as she would to her family or somebody mm-hmm. that she actually did have a close bond with. She couldn't differentiate what the proper amount of affection and connection was between people she was intimate with and people that she had no idea who they were. Mm-hmm. So she had no fear of extreme strangers at all. She would go up to strangers and be like, hey, can I live with you? Just like oh, wow. very inappropriate. And uh-huh. she also had an extreme fear of abandonment, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. However, Steve and Anne loved Misty, and they were committed to helping her and giving her anything she needed, and they did. They were great parents. She was a challenge at times, but they did have a happy family life. They went on vacations, and Misty did improve, and she became a pretty outgoing kid. She did well in school, and she seemed to be on a great track to have nothing but success. During Misty's teen years, however, she started to rebel, which... We all do. 
Mm -hmm. But hers was a little bit more extreme. She began smoking cigarettes, hanging out with a rough crowd. She became sexually active from a really young age and definitely was exhibiting risky behaviors as far as that goes. Her grades began slipping and she was sort of in a spiral. Then in 1994, when Misty was 14, she expressed interest in finding and reconnecting with her birth mother, Darlene. So the Murrays thought this would be a great idea. It would possibly help her with some of the emotional issues that she had been dealing with. They located Darlene and they she found they found that she had totally turned her life around. She had gotten clean. She was married. She was working as a drug researcher and analyst for a health insurance company in Toronto, which wasn't too far. So after 12 years of being apart, Misty and her birth mom were reunited and began a relationship. Oh, wow. Okay. This seemed to have really helped Misty, and she began visiting with Darlene once a month or so. She also, around this time, became involved with a local marching band. And I think she played the trumpet. Mm. And so it seemed, although she was still having issues and going through things, she seemed to be getting better. Misty had been planning a trip to Halifax in early June with her birth mom. She would be spending the weekend with Darlene, her birth mom, and meeting her birth grandparents for the first time. So she was very excited about this trip. She talked about it a lot to her family and her friends. And she had also mentioned that she was hoping she would be able to spend the summer with her birth mom because oh, okay. school was getting ready to end. And so she, that was what she wanted to do with her summer. Mm-hmm. She had even begun signing some of her schoolwork, Misty Oldfield, which was her biological mom's last name. Right. So, Mm -hmm. again, with this kind of inappropriate, um, extreme relationship thing. Mm -hmm. On May 31st of 1995, Steve and Anne dropped Misty off at her high school. She told her parents that she would be attending marching band practice after school and that she would be home after that. She had a normal school day. She went to class. She did visit the school nurse at some point during the day, but it is never said why she went to the school nurse or what the visit was about. Oh, well, that's interesting. At least it's never been released. Mm -hmm. Between like 2.30 and 3 that afternoon from school, she called Anne, her mom, at work. Anne wasn't available to come to the phone, and Misty did not leave a message. So no one really knows what that call was about. Her parents never heard or saw Misty again. Oh, gosh. She didn't come home that evening, so Anne called to ask about the band practice, and she learned that there was no practice scheduled. So Misty had lied about that. So the Murrays called the police and reported Misty missing. At first, it was thought that she had run away. A week or so before this, Misty had written a letter to Steve and Anne, her adoptive parents. She apologized for being such a difficult daughter. She asked for forgiveness. She thanked them for being good parents. Her letter said, in part, if I were you, a long time ago, I would have given up on me, but I know you love me. Oh, gosh, sweet girl. Yes. So this is not out of character for her to say and do things like this. And although 
they didn't like it and weren't super comfortable with it, it wasn't entirely alarming to them. Mm-hmm. That week had been the trip that um, Misty had planned to Halifax with her birth mother, and she had already packed for the trip. So she had a full suitcase in her bedroom. She had $200 in spending money sitting on her dresser and a stack of photos that she had been planning to take of her, like of herself and her childhood growing up, and she wanted to share those with her birth family. It did seem odd to her parents and to police that she would skip out on this trip and just leave all of the stuff behind. Right. That's exactly how you probably could see my face. Exactly what I was thinking. Like, okay, so if she ran away and she had to spend money, don't you think she would have taken that so that she would have money to live on at least and her suitcase? Like, I mean, she already had stuff packed, so she could have just grabbed it and left. (laughs) Exactly. It's very strange. Police confirmed with Darlene, her birth mother, that she had not heard from Misty and none of her friends knew where she could be. A description of Misty and the clothing she was last seen in was released to the public and Misty was listed as missing and endangered. She was 16 years old. She had reddish brown hair and hazel eyes. She had a mole on her right cheek and a large gap between her two front teeth. She was last seen wearing red shorts, black boots, and a dark green jacket that said Seaforth Girls Trumpet Band across the back. So it's like one of those like athletic type jackets from the Mm -hmm. 90s. You probably remember. Mm -hmm. She had a bunch of piercings and she wore a ring on every finger. Oh, wow. Well, that's a lot of rings. So 90s. That's so 90s. <laughs> I may or may not have done things like that. I, I, I never did that. I don't think ever. <laughs> I'm not a jewelry person in general, so I, and it never was. But anyway. I was in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Me and Misty. Okay. On June 1st, so the following day, Misty's friend called police after she saw the reports that Misty had gone missing. She saw Misty that day in Goderich at a store called The Bargain Shop, and she actually talked to her. Oh. So Misty told her that she was going to be driving around with some friends that weekend in Clinton, which was a nearby town. And she was like, yeah, I may see you at school on Monday. At the time when she talked to her, she didn't realize that people thought she was missing, so she didn't think anything of it. But once she realized it, that's when she called police. Is this a friend from school? It's her friend. Like, it's not just somebody who knows her. It's literally, like, a friend of hers. Okay. I'm So I'm just curious why, well, I guess maybe she, why nobody talked to these friends when she was first reported missing. Well, they did, but it took, I mean, she wasn't reported missing until, like, eight something at night. And this was okay. the following day. So. Okay. Okay. I'm sure it took them a couple days to even figure out who her friends were. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so several other tips came in from people saying that they had seen Misty in and around Clinton. There was a group, I think it was a couple, that said that they actually thought they gave Misty a ride to Clinton or someone that looked like her. Hmm. So on June 3rd, which is... Later on, it's, let's see, she went missing on the 31st, and this is June 3rd. Another one of Misty's friends from the band saw her at a fair in Clinton. 
Misty was wearing her band jacket, and the friend even said that they had to do like a double take when they saw her because they knew that she was supposed to be in Halifax that weekend with her birth mother. And so they were like, well, that's weird. What's Misty doing here in Clinton? Mm-hmm. She's not supposed to be in town. But they didn't talk to her. It was just they saw her in the crowd. Mm. While at the fair, Misty was said to have been with some people that her friend did not know, and they were acting intoxicated, and that one of the girls had been so drunk that a fair worker would not let them on the rides. Oh, wow. Okay. So over the next few weeks, there were at least 20 sightings of Misty in Clinton and in another nearby town named London, Ontario. That's a lot. Of sight, like over 20. Yeah. And the thing about these sightings is some of these are with people that knew her personally. Some of them are not. Some of them Mm -hmm. are like, oh, I think I saw that girl or someone that looked like her. But some like this person that was friends with her at the store, the person that saw her at the fair, they knew her personally. It would be like you seeing me at the fair. Right. I mean, like, oh, there's Beth. What is she doing here? Mm hmm. Gosh, so strange. Okay. So strange. Now, a lot of these sightings of people that called in saw her with what they describe as street kids. Like mm. young people who were involved in drugs and possibly sex work. So not a good crowd. Mm-hmm. The guidance counselor at Misty's high school reported to police that Misty had confided in her that she had been worried about a possessive ex-boyfriend. Oh. Police found out that Misty had, okay, in quotes, an adult boyfriend named Jeremy. It is not stated anywhere how old Jeremy actually was, just that he was an adult boyfriend. And her parents didn't know about that? I don't think so. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I should say that in Canada, the age of consent is 16. And she what? was, I know, right? I think we've talked about this before. And she was 16. But like, if he's 30, that's not good. Yeah. But it's, yeah. I don't know how old he was. Uh huh. Okay. Police found this Jeremy guy and interviewed him. And he told them that he had last seen Misty on May 30th which is the day before she went missing. He says that he knows that's when he saw her last because he saw her right after he cashed a check and paid his rent. Okay. So police obtained his bank records, and those records actually showed that he cashed the check on the 31st, which is the Mm. day she went missing. So did he see her after she went missing? Like, did did she leave school? not remember the exact day like oh well you know it's before the first so (laughs) right exactly but she clearly was doing something that she didn't want her parents to know she was doing because she lied about that band practice right so it would make sense that maybe she was going to see him and she didn't want them to know where she would be well and is that where she's getting money to like do things from is him because if she didn't bring her money that she had on her dresser right I don't know. Maybe he gave her money. Yeah. Cashed his check and gave her some money. Mm-hmm. I don't right. know. He, he says mm-hmm. no. Okay. Okay. But then they have all these other credible leads that have seen her everywhere in nearby right. towns. So mm-hmm. police got a tip from a couple. So this is when this, this whole thing like goes real wonky. 
This couple was in Goderich, which is the town they lived in. They reported that they saw Steve, Misty's dad, at the marina on the evening of May 31st at around 7 o'clock. He was seen walking to his boat with a young woman who may have been Misty. He went out on the boat and came back 20 minutes later but was alone. What the hell? So police went back to the statement that Steve had given them about his activity on this day when Misty went missing. And Steve did not mention that he had taken his boat out. Mm -hmm. So he told him, like, oh, I had this at work. I had this meeting. I did this. I got home at this time. But he never said anything about this boat trip. So police went back to Steve and they were like, you know, we have the sighting of somebody who saw you at the marina. And he was like, oh, my gosh, yes, I did take my boat out. There's something wrong with the boat. And I needed to take it out on a quick trip for like 15 minutes just to check on it before I took it into the shop. And so they were like, well, why didn't you tell us about that? And he was like, because my kid was missing. Like, it was 15 minutes of a 24-hour day. I didn't even think about it. I was trying to find my child. I said I went to work and I had these meetings. I didn't tell you what I ate for lunch that day either. You know, I just forgot. I forgot to tell you. Okay. But I don't know. It seems weird that that would be something you would leave out. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems strange okay. to me. Okay. <laughs> well, the police didn't like it either. And so at this point, they turned Misty's disappearance from a missing child investigation into a murder investigation. And Steve, her dad, was named the prime suspect. Because some somebody thought they saw her with him and then not. So. Right. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did see you side-eye that a little bit. It seems okay. like a bit of a jump. Like, okay. we've got all these sightings of her, all these sightings of her that seem pretty credible... We've got this mm -hmm. letter that she wrote, you know, kind of a sorry I was, you know, a bad daughter. Thanks anyway for loving me. Kind of a goodbye type note. Right. But this is what they did. They all of these tips are still coming in of sightings of Misty. She's in London. She's in Clinton. Police completely ignored them. Just stopped what? following up because they were like, no, no, her dad murdered her. Oh, tunnel vision. <laughs> yes. They developed a theory that Steve was tired of Misty's difficult behavior, that he became jealous of the fact that she was developing a good relationship with her biological family. They claim that he took Misty out on the boat that evening, drove her out to deep water, murdered her, anchored her body in some way, and threw her overboard. That's pretty extreme. Mm -hmm. Like, thinking. I mean, has he given any indication otherwise that he was that jealous about this relationship? Never. Okay. And if you remember the part of the letter that I read to you, I specifically read that part to you because it's very clear from that letter that her parents showed her nothing but love. Right. Like she yeah. was like, I'm sorry, I've been difficult. You should have given up on me, but you didn't. And I know you love me. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So there's yeah. no indication of a poor relationship in any way between her and her parents. Police took Steve's boat in for ev evidence. Nothing was found that could place Misty on the boat, that there had been a struggle or that foul play was indicated on the boat, around the boat, nothing. 
Searches were done of the lake and surrounding areas, and no body was ever discovered. Again, during this time, tips are coming in of a woman matching Misty's description in London, Ontario. This woman was going by the name Jean Marie, which, if you remember, was Misty's birth name. Right. And that information had never been released to the public. Oh. So they never said she was born Jean Marie, but they were getting tips of someone saying, hey, somebody that looks like Misty Murray is in and around this town, but she's saying this is her name. That's pretty credible, sirs. Uh, Yeah. Did the police even know that that was her given name? I'm sure the police knew. Yes. I mean. Well, I mean, I don't know how they would unless the parents told them. I'm sure they told them. It was noted. Right. Like, she, this person was going by the name Jean Marie, which was Misty's birth name. Okay. So, okay. So, even so, even with that, they're still going after Steve. Tunnel vision, mm. like you said, honing in. Nope, she's been murdered. She's dead. This person's not alive. In September of 1994, four months after Misty went missing, Steve was arrested and charged with her murder. So the Murrays now had to defend Steve on these murder charges. At the same time, they're trying to independently follow up on all these tips that are coming in because they believe that their daughter is still alive. Right. They had to sell the pub that Steve owned and a bunch of their assets. They had to sell their boat, their cars. They eventually ended up filing bankruptcy. And Steve and Anne divorced because of all of the stress that was going on trying to defend him. Mm -hmm. Steve went on trial in May of 1997. The prosecution had the one tip of the sighting of Steve being seen arriving at the, the marina with a young woman and then returning alone. And that was literally it. That's all they had. How are you going to convict somebody with that? Exactly. The defense had all of these people come that like to testify about all the sightings of Misty. Mm -hmm. They had the mental health issues she was dealing with her behavioral issues. They had this evidence that the family had a loving relationship with her. After 45 minutes of deliberation, Steve was acquitted of the murder of his daughter and investigators were actually reprimanded for their false accusation and like shoddy police work. Wow. However, even after Steve's acquittal, the police still believed that he murdered her. And they bought or borrowed, it's not clear, sonar equipment to search the lake again, believing that Misty would be found dead in the lake, murdered by Steve. Okay, how'd that end up? Uh, They searched for months and never found anything. Uh, Okay, people give up. She's not in that lake. <laughs> so in May of 1998, Anne, Misty's mom, filed a complaint against the police for their conduct. An investigation was, was – their, their investigation was audited, and it was concluded that police had shortcomings and made false accusation, and a formal apology was issued by the Crown to the Murray family. Okay. But still, like, they're not looking for Misty. Right. So it was pretty clear that um, once Steve was cleared of involvement and nothing was ever found in the lake, that this police force, like, needed to bury their head in the sand. Mm 
because they put a man on trial for a murder when the person was probably still alive mm-hmm. and like made no effort to find her. So like, right. Did, did not get it right there. In 2001, six years after Misty had gone missing, two social workers from Vancouver called in tips to the Goderich police. A woman matching Misty's description had been frequenting their shelter for a while. She was similar age, similar build. She had hazel eyes and she had the gap between her two front teeth. Hmm. This woman went by the name Mallory Morgan. So M.M., mm-hmm. like Misty Murray. Right. She had no identification and refused to have her photo taken for any reason. It's like they were trying to get a picture of her so that they could send it into police. And she was like not having it. Hmm. She had told people very little about her background, but some of the stories that she did tell matched the life of her birth mom. So, like, where she was, like, she said she was born in Nova Scotia. She said it was, like, very similar to things that her mom actually lived through. She was eventually asked by one of the social workers if she was Misty Murray. And when she was asked, she was hysterical and ran out. Like, would not answer, was very upset that she had been approached with this question. Oh, She wow. did come back. But when she came back, she was told that officials were going to come and talk to her from Goderich about her identity. And she then disappeared and never came back. Hmm. The social workers had managed to get one photo of this woman somehow. And they showed it to Anne, Misty's mom. And Anne was not able to say for sure whether that was her daughter or not. It wasn't clear or? It's, she said, what I read was that she could have been her, but like the bridge of her nose was too wide and like something was different about the eyes. And so she was just like, I don't know. I just don't Mm. know if it's her. But she's also, this was six years later. So she had aged. And if she's yeah. living on the street, like, she probably looks a little bit older than she should. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, in November of 2001, Misty's family had a mass and a celebration of life for Misty. They were not sure if she was dead or alive, but they believed that if she was alive, she did not want to be found by them. Mm-hmm. So, they wanted to say, like, their goodbyes to her in their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though Steve was clear- cleared of any involvement in Misty's disappearance, the judgment and stigma stuck with him, and he ended up moving to another town, remarrying, and was got work as a truck driver. And he kept a photo and contact information on a big poster sticker on the back of his truck of Misty. Oh. Like, to, you know, he believed she was still out there. Right. Wow. He passed away in 2018 never knowing what happened to his daughter. As of the time of this recording, Misty would be 44 years old. She would have just turned 44, actually. Mm -hmm. She has been missing for 27 years. She is listed as endangered. Her adoptive family, the Murrays, believe that she did run away, but think that she has since met with an accident or foul play and is no longer living. Misty's birth mom, Darlene, 
does not believe that Misty ran away on her own accord. She said she was too afraid to be alone and never would have left willingly. She believes that she was taken against her will or that she was murdered. She has never publicly said if she believes whether Steve was involved or not. Huh. And that is the disappearance of Misty Murray. Wow. Okay, so her adoptive family thinks that she's no longer with us um, because they don't think that she would have stayed away this long? Like... It sounded to me that that's probably what it was, or maybe just based on the type of people she was seen hanging around with. She could not have survived for long like that. Right. Okay. Um, You know, it was a very dangerous situation she was putting herself in, they believe. So. Okay. All right. All right. That makes sense. But I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. We don't know where Misty Murray is. Right. We don't know why she left or if she left or. Hmm. She just disappeared. What is your opinion? Like, what do you think? I think she probably ran away. Yeah. I think it's possible that she also, because remember, she had these inappropriate relationships or indiscriminate relationships. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe somebody convinced her to go into sex work. Uh, maybe she was trafficked. Maybe she got addicted to some type of drugs. I don't know. I think her mental health definitely played a huge part in mm-hmm. why we don't know where she is. But I think she probably did choose to leave. I don't know if she was choosing to leave for a weekend and something bad ended up happening to her or if she was leaving for good. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Like, let me go have fun for a few days with these people. Then I'll come back Mm -hmm. and everything will be okay. But yeah, she went to the fair. She went, you know, even could have been drinking, convinced to stay with these people willing. She could have been or not, but Mm -hmm. anyway, gosh. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, And it also irritates me that we don't know why she went to the school nurse because, like, I don't know if your mind went here, but I'm like, she's got this older boyfriend Mm. who she's not supposed to be seeing. She lied to her parents. She went to see the school nurse. Right. Was she pregnant? And then she went and told him after school that she was pregnant and told her parents she was at band practice and he did something to her? Or did he say, you need to leave town? I'm not supporting you in this baby. And so she left. Wow. Mm. It's a rabbit hole. It is a rabbit hole because I didn't even, I didn't even go there. (laughs) You think I would have, but I didn't even go there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Huh. So it is possible that she is still missing and still alive. So I will put information in the show notes of who you can contact if you have any information on Misty Murray. Right. Yeah. Because there's, since that one um, shelter situation, nothing else has been recorded. Not that I could find, no. Okay. But I do think that after that happened, her parents, her mom, um, adoptive mom, kind of just was like, okay, she does not want us to find her. So right. I yeah, don't want to say true. gave up, but she accepted. Right. Yeah. 
Wow, that's a hard thing to accept, I think, yeah. I imagine. And I saw an article, too, of an interview with her birth mom who was talking about how heartbreaking it was to, like, lose her daughter twice. Oh, yeah. So. Gosh. Man, sad what a case. sad. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. What a sad story. Like, yes. all around. And again, Lisa, the listener who suggested it, lives in Goderich. Okay. Did she, she lives there now? Did she was she there when this happened? I would assume so, but I'm not sure. Okay. I assumed that, but I did not specifically ask. Honestly. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Gosh, man, <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this one. I'm just, I'm, I, I mean, I hope she's out there somewhere. I do. Yeah. I, uh, clearly, we all hope she's out there somewhere. And if she did, just need to get away and. Start a new life. Start a new life. I can't say that I understand it, but I kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> so, huh, man. Well, thank you for telling that story. Thanks You're for bringing it to our attention. You said Lisa? Yes, Lisa. Sorry. I, I tend to go like brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> on the suggester's name every now and a then. A lot of information here today. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I'm you're linking all the things in the notes. So, yep. Clearly, Misty, if you're out there and you want to be found. Yeah. Clearly, you're listening to Crimes and Closets. So, <laughs> obviously. Get in touch <laughs> in with Canada. us. <laughs> in Canada. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, li- Oh man, what is that? I hope I hope that they just find answers, even if it's it's like it's not the same, but like the Jody Lynn case. Just like if you don't want to be found, that's fine. But just say, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'm alive and well. I want to just live my life the way it is right now." Mm-hmm. They said you. the same about Maura Murray. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, just reach out. Yeah. Let us know. Let let we'll quit not talking us about know, you. but <laughs> let <laughs> let someone know that you love that. It's all, everything's good. I'm good. I just need yep. to do what I'm doing right now. So, anyway. right. Well, again, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Appreciate it. If you guys um, enjoyed that or liked it, please hit that subscribe button. Let us know what you think on social. Come find us. We love, literally love interacting with, well, Beth literally loves interacting with you on social. I do. <laughs> I jump in there every now and then and take a look. Yeah. Sorry. And I send her screenshots of nice messages and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I do see them. I just, I'm I'm very hands off. So anyway, um, and go check out our merch because maybe, maybe, maybe there's something new by now. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but (laughs) fingers Mm -hmm. crossed we've got something new. Um, And also give us, uh, give us a rating and review. That's always the best way that you can help us because that helps us be seen by other people and just always remember the world is scary people suck hide in your closets